Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard helping all of you HR leaders out there automate your reporting and analytics process. Too many of you have the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of pulling messy, crappy spreadsheets from way too many HR systems and trying to figure out how do I tell a data-driven story when I have to deal with all these spreadsheets. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, an HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. So all you need to do is connect your systems to Employee Cycle, and we automatically transform all that data into data stories around the most important areas of your workforce. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We'd love to talk about how we can make you smarter and more data-driven. But that's enough about us because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Karina Bensko. She's the director, HR business partner at Brightcove. And today we're discussing how can HR do more faster. Karina, welcome to the podcast. Woo, Karina! Thank you so much. No, I'm really excited to be here. So, Karina, you were saying that you listened to one of our episodes before you got on the show. So, you know, the first question I'm going to ask, which is, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Yeah, sure. So, I actually fell in love with HR back in college, um, which I know is a very unique position uh, for folks in my profession. But yeah, I was a psychology major, um, and my original path was going to be probably psychologist, psychiatrist, and I actually took a course called Applied Psychology, which really explored the career paths that then psychology could, you know, could take you. And within that course, we actually had a public uh, a speaker talk about uh, psychology and their path, and they were actually a student, and I didn't really see a lot of excitement um, and um, inspiration when, when hearing them. And that really prompted me to look through the book that, that I was provided, um, in that course, just to see what other career paths were available. And I just happened to fall on human resources. And what really drew me to the profession was the mix of people, you know, so failed to take all of that, all that I was learning from how to work with people, kind of what, what influences them, but also, uh, marry that with the business, components that's a little bit more black and white um, and more structured. And throughout the course then of my college career, I really focused on organizational psychology, doing internships in HR. And the more I was immersed in the profession, the more I fell in love. And almost almost a decade later, here I am and still uh, very happy I uh, jumped right into the human resources profession. Awesome. And appreciate that background a lot. So today we're talking about how can HR do more faster? And I'm sure a lot of HR leaders are listening, Karina, thinking, why do we need to do more? We already do too much and faster. We are understaffed. We have way too much going on. We're overwhelmed. We're dealing with this sort of kind of in the out of almost over the pandemic. 
I don't really know where we are in the world. There's all this crazy stuff going on. And now we're talking about how can HR do more faster? Why? On behalf of all HR leaders out there, Karina, why do HR leaders need to do more faster? I mean, it really uh, boils down to what are we trying to solve for? So when we are going through all the processes and guard like checks and balances and really trying to you know get things done, really trying to take a few steps back and say, what are we trying to solve for here? What is the um, what's the business trying to do? What are we trying to do? Um, you know, because we can really get uh, very much into well, this is just we have to follow these steps. And I do think that there's times when you might be able to take a few of those steps away, go a bit faster, get to that end goal even quicker than than you know than of course we initially have. And the business is happy because we've gotten stuff done for them, and they're and they're leaning in even more to our guidance and to to our advice. But then we also have a little bit more time on our hands to focus on what we really love to do, which is have more conversations and really drill into some of the more strategic initiatives that I think we all are uh, excited to get our hands around. So there were two interesting things you said. One, you talked about goals and getting very specific things done. But then you also said that the business will be more happy. So I first want to talk about goals. What kind of goals do you believe HR leaders, including yourself and your peers and other HR leaders that you talk to, really should be trying to get done in a much shorter or more efficient time frame? I think it is um, a combination of, one, getting uh, more conversations between employee and manager, between, you know, helping to create an environment and a culture that helps cultivate those discussions. And also thinking about the initiatives that you want to be focusing on, right? You know, so I think we have in HR right now, especially with him, you know, with the pandemic, you know, it's the connectivity of our teams, not only between manager and employee, but also between each other, given that we're all virtual. So thinking through how to create, create that virtual culture when in when right now we aren't able to be in person and some of those connection points that are just naturally happening, just it's a little more challenging to do so. And then also thinking about the company needs to be doing. So I think every single company has different goals that are top of mind um, that does need HR voice voices in there. But I go back to the process piece that if you're so in the weeds in all of the kind of tactical, let's just get through the checklist pieces, you sometimes lose the opportunity to be part of those other conversations, which also really truly needs an HR voice in that perspective of how is this going to impact our people. Interesting. So it almost sounds like you're saying that some of these processes and protocols that HR and people leaders follow today may be a little antiquated and there needs to be a refresh, and you really need to look at all these steps that you go through certain parts of HR work to really identify what can be removed and look at things that may not be necessary in the times that we are in today. Is is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. Or uh, even technology solutions, uh, you know, uh, like the, <laughs> like your solution. I mean, I think 
Um, I know that's not really the main topic of today, but I think there's lots of things out there that can help make things a little bit faster, quicker, more automated that kind of frees up the time of HR professionals to do what we love. Are there any specific HR areas where there's a checklist that you just believe every HR leader goes by because that's just the way everybody's been doing it for so long that you've been able to look at and say, you know what, why are we doing it this way and potentially remove steps that didn't impact it at all? It actually made the whole experience better. Um, I had a great um, experience thinking about uh, onboarding um, a few companies ago. And I do think that there's these simplistic pieces of let's just get, you know, get the I-9 done. Like, let's kind of get through the technology checklist, etc. And, you know, there's controls in place, for instance, in onboarding that are definitely necessary, especially if, you know, if you get audited. But there's another piece of it that, you know, can be actually expanded to the business as well of how to train uh, those individuals to ramp up faster, get them integrated into the culture, understand how they fit into the larger organization that coming from, uh, and this was again, a few companies ago, but coming from just a very minimized checklist. Um, and I think a lot of uh, like companies have them where it's just, let's just get through day one, hand them over to, to the business and, you know, I think there's a couple other things that if we can think about uh, ways to build those connections between maybe different departments, really have a have sessions around what is the company strategy? How does this, like, how does each of these different teams fit into that? Um, and really let new hires as they're walking in the door say, okay, I, I see how my little sliver of work is contributing to the larger company. And already they're walking in the door, super engaged, super excited to be there. So that's actually, you know, a process that I think, you know, can be improved. Um, it maybe does take a little bit more time and thinking, but if you do it right, you have this whole cohort cohort of individuals that are so excited to be part of your company and future. You mentioned ramping employees as an area where you might be able to do more faster. Mm-hmm. Um, before we talk about some of the things that you can do to make that happen, I actually want to ask you about the premise of HR being responsible for that. Do you think HR should be responsible for having employees ramp? Should you think the business manager or the hiring manager or whoever they report to in their specific department should be responsible for that? Or is this a collaborative effort? I think it's a collaborative effort, mainly because you can... I think from, from the HR seat, you can have, you can see so much and all of, all of the connectors and everything, just because you're kind of a few layers, you know, it's, you almost can see the forest above the trees. But I think that the emphasis should definitely be on the leaders of that group to help create a great environment. But I think it really does need to be a partnership and support from all people in the organization to make that happen. Um, certainly, you know, HR can only do so much. So I do think as a process, you, you do need all voices to be part of that and um, all hands on deck um, versus if falling on just one team. As you mentioned that HR can only do so much, but we're talking about HR doing more 
faster. Mm-hmm. Is a part of HR doing more faster actually doing less and offloading some of the work to other people in the business that should be doing it? Or is it more about HR finding ways to automate a lot of the work that you're already doing to free you up to do either additional work or to focus more on the things that you don't have that much time to focus on? I think it's automation. And I think just simplifying the process where where I can. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, taking a step back and just really thinking like, what are we solving for? What are we, what, once we get through this whole process and we get to the finish line, what are we hoping to accomplish? So if there's a way to limit the amount of steps or maybe number of, even number of people that maybe needs to be involved in the process, because, you know, every single touch point does take a little bit of time, you know, we might be able to see a quicker result. And then as each quicker result happens, then of course, then the amount of time that we have even just coordinating the process can, uh, can reduce as well. When you look at your role in previous roles that you've had at other companies and even your peers that you may talk to about this, do you find that most HR leaders feel like they're doing work that other people should be doing? Or do you feel like they don't typically have enough people in their department to really get everything done? I think it depends on the group. You know, I have peers of mine that, you know, it is sometimes staffing where there's just so much to do and so many great ideas. And, you know, people are very excited about, you know, HR and it's just, there's only so many hands you have and so much time in the day. And I think in other companies, it can fall more in the realm of someone needs to do it. (laughs) And so, and, you know, sometimes it does fall in the HR realm just because we we kind of can be seen as a jack of all trades at times. But again, I think it really just depends on the company. Yeah, that's interesting. As I think about all of the things that different size companies are dealing with that people are always going back and forth about saying, should that live in HR? So I know CSR, corporate social responsibility and larger enterprises trying to figure out, should that live in HR? Or even now, because so many companies are focusing on DEI. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk and discussions and controversy around should DEI be outsourced to a consulting firm or should it be internal? And if so, does that put too much on the plate of the HR person? And now they have a lot less to do the work that they were already doing or staffing. Should that be in HR? Should recruiting be separate? And so as HR continues to transform and morph into this more strategic role that's not only a, a true partner to the business, but is the business, Mm -hmm. where do you see HR going? Do you see it taking on and covering more surface area of the business or becoming a lot more focused? I mean, I think it really, I think it's probably going to go more towards the surface area. I mean, there's things in HR that are critical and, you know, it's the work that happens behind the scenes that, you know, like benefits, compensation, you know, work, all of the things behind the scenes when it comes to onboarding and offboarding. I mean, that work is never, never going to go away. And it's so critical to any business. I think the parts where we might cover more surface area is more the, uh, the transition into thinking about HR not being just a department, 
but really being a critical and important leader in any organization, just as the chief revenue officer or chief marketing officer is a crucial and critical leadership role. So is the chief people officer. Got it. And then Karina, to wrap this up, the last question that I want to ask you is for all the leaders out there hearing this, thinking, how do I do more faster? How do I become more automated? How do I become more efficient? What do you have to say to them, especially those that are so overwhelmed They don't even have the time to even come up with a process in the first place to become more efficient. So then you just end up in this vicious cycle of being busy. What do you have to say to them to allow them to know that, you know, it's okay and that they'll make it to the other side? Sure. I mean, I think sometimes, sometimes you do need to slow down even just like a fraction and be there and over communicate with, with, you know, with your partners to explain, you know, why maybe it slowed down just a fraction just to give you like that, like little pinpoint of breathing room to really think about like, why, why are we doing what we're doing in every single kind of task process procedure? And really, I think reflecting on what is the ask of those business leaders as well. And And maybe at times even leaning into those conversations of like, you know, you're asking for this, this is the process, you know, why don't we talk about, you know, what really what you are looking for and hearing, I think that feedback to implement into something that can be faster and more efficient. Karina, thank you so much for being such an awesome guest on the Employee Cycle Podcast. And we really appreciate your time your energy, and all your thoughts that you have here sharing with the HR community. So thank you so much. Go Karina! (laughs) So Karina, where can people find you on the internet, online, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, whatever the cool kids are using these days? Um, I'm all over LinkedIn. um, And uh, so yeah, if anyone wants to find me there, wants to connect, um, I'm always open uh, to more conversations um, and networking with anyone that's listening to this podcast. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all your contact info that you shared in the show notes. So for those of you listening to the podcast, if this is your very first time listening to an Employee Cycle podcast, and you want to show us some love, then please leave us a five-star rating to show how much you enjoy the information that we share today. Also, if you really enjoy the episode and you want to continue showing the love to Employee Cycle and you would you never want to miss an episode again, then please subscribe to Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome and people leaders listening out there, please continue to hire train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.